Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is the life of special needs children. When I was a little girl about eight years old, I went with my folks to Aiken, Minnesota to visit Grandma Florence. Grandma lived with Grandpa Neil in a tiny little house that sat up on a hill that backed up to the river. I loved visiting. I loved the cool summer evenings with dewy grass and the bright sunny summer mornings where I'd run next door to the city park and swing. My folks would drop me off to stay with Grandma for a few days, and I would cherish my time with Grandma and Grandpa. Mornings were filled with picking raspberries and making cobbler, while afternoons were filled with naps, cookie baking, and Grandpa spraying the old red trailer with some strong-smelling bug repellent. I would head out to the trailer with my bag of Barbies and spread them out to play. On one such lovely summer day, I heard Grandma chatting with my cousins, Grandma Aggie, who lived down the block. She asked if it would be okay for Bonnie to come and play. Bonnie was a tall girl, about four years older than me, with brown, stick-straight hair and a gentle smile. Aggie walked Bonnie up the street and knocked on the door of the old red trailer to announce her arrival. I immediately liked Bonnie, and she sat down to organize our Barbies and the story they would take on for the afternoon. In those hours of that summer afternoon, I grew to love Bonnie. She was kind and patient with me. She had creativity and imagination. And when Grandma called us in for ginger snaps and milk, I remember feeling sad when she left. The following year, Bonnie came again in the summer to Grandma Aggie's, and we played for afternoons, racing to the park, chatting about Barbies and dolls, and eating our snacks with ferocious tenacity, satisfying the hunger that childhood playing could create. Many years went by, and I never saw Bonnie again, not even at family get-togethers. At the age of 18, I went to Aunt Laurel's house and asked how Bonnie was and whatever happened to her. Aunt Laurel described her trying life to me. You see, in my childhood innocence, it never dawned on me that Bonnie was different. I never saw disabilities or handicaps. I never had a clue that anything was different about Bonnie at all. I only knew that she was kind and patient and fun to be with. The same person with things that make them different is not always realized or looked upon as different. And yet in today's society, where children grow up so much faster and innocence is nabbed at a younger age when reality knocks at the heart and mind, children can understand when someone is different and can choose to embrace and love or reject and criticize. I believe that today's world is much more tolerant and acceptant of children who have special needs, children like Bonnie. Medicine and healthy lifestyles have come a long way from 1970s when I played Barbies in the old red trailer. So often now we look past differences and work at developing inner characters of those with cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, ADD, and autism. Today with me on the show is one of Best Life's friends and a contributing author to our magazine, Your Best. Here's Amy Libby. Amy is a graphics designer, blogger, entrepreneur, and wife and mom. She's here today to talk with us about her daughter, Peyton, who has special needs. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. Well, Amy, today we're going to talk about this subject of raising a fabulous child with special needs. And I think about you because you're a great mom and I have watched you in real life and see you on Facebook frequently. Um, So here's my first question for you. When did you guys first find out that your daughter Peyton 
was a special needs child and tell our listeners about her disability and how old she is. Sure. Uh, well, Peyton is currently 11 years old and she suffered a birth injury. Um, so initially she had an injury to her shoulder, which we were told would heal itself with some occupational therapy. Um, but as she got older, the more we began to see her missing milestones that other kids, you know, would reach it without assistance. We noticed, you know, oh, something's not, not quite right. Um, at her 15-month appointment, our pediatrician um, finally referred us down to Children's Hospital for an evaluation with the developmental pediatrician. And by the time everything fell into place with getting the evaluation done and a follow-up appointment um, to review the findings, our son was born and Peyton was um, just shy of her second birthday. So we went in for the appointment, and the doctor essentially handed us a sheet of paper with a bunch of big words I couldn't pronounce on it, and sent us on our way encouraging us to seek out more therapies. So um, my husband and I were just stunned as we realized that Peyton's birth injury had caused you know, neurological damage and not just some temporary physical damage. Um, Peyton's primary diagnosis is mild to moderate cognitive delay as well as global apraxia. Wow. And that is a neurological planning and processing disorder. Okay. Um, basically, the brain knows what it wants the rest of the body to do, but the signals sent out from the brain are jumbled up along the way. And is this something, <clears throat> Amy, because, you know, it's not the typical thing that we hear of Down syndrome, multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, this is something very, very different. Do you know people, other people who have children with this disability? Um, initially, no. Um, we did find, you know, we found over the years that we have run into some people whose kids have this. And the majority of people that we run into, though, their child has um, what's called speech apraxia. So it only affects their speech. Um, and that can happen in typical kids. It's just their speech that's affected. Um, but with Peyton, hers is global, which means that it, um, it affects her fine motor, her gross motor, as well as her speech and language skills. So when you found out about this, Amy, you know, obviously you said it was a shock to you and your husband. Um, how did you deal with the emotions? And did you ever feel at any time angry at God for allowing it to happen or questioning God for why it was happening? Um, honestly, I, I struggled a lot, um, feeling guilty myself that I, as the mom, didn't, you know, better educate myself or be more outspoken during Peyton's delivery, even though in my heart, I know that I was just a young mom who trusted the medical staff and it really was out of my control. Um, there's still times of the year that are tough, um, especially the weeks leading up to Peyton's birthday and just thinking back to, you know, before... I had her and just thinking about all those different things that, well, what if I would have done this different or that sort of thing. Um, and there were definitely early on, you know, many years where I just felt very alone and overwhelmed trying to figure everything out in terms of what was best for Peyton and, you know, were my husband and I doing, seeking out the right therapies and schooling. Um, through everything, I don't, I don't really remember being angry with God. I mean, I've We've cried out to him asking for wisdom and guidance and all those things as we navigate the path that we're on, but I don't remember ever being angry at him for allowing this to happen. 
I love that because I think for me, I would be questioning, you know, what's going on. And I know it's something that you balance as you're being really, you know, real and honest with us and saying you still struggle with it after mm-hmm. 11 years. I, I really appreciate that. And I value that because I think there are some things like this that are difficult where you would wonder. But I know that there are friends of mine and, you know, obviously myself, there have been times when I've said to God, why and at times have been angry, you know, that he allows things to happen. But I'm I'm so appreciative of your honesty, Amy, and just, you know, love the fact that you're being real with us and telling us it's a struggle at times, but no, you know, not angry. So that's a really wonderful thing. You guys have a son named Carson, and he's adorable. Um, how has this affected your family? What have you guys found out that helps you cope, you know, dealing with daily challenges that you're experiencing? Yeah, um, well, Carson has been a huge motivator for Peyton since day one. And with the kids being so close in age, Peyton's always had the advantage of watching and learning from her brother. Um, and the Lord has just given Carson such an amazing soft heart for individuals with disability. Um, he, yeah, he just has this, this, I don't even know how to explain it, this ability to interact with people whether they're in a wheelchair or nonverbal or, you know, autistic, it doesn't matter. He, he's not afraid to, to interact with them. Um, our family helped start our local Special Olympics team a few years back, and honestly, that has been the most incredible thing for our family. Um, obviously, we never would have imagined that our life would be so heavily impacted by disability, but I look back and see how every single detail has somehow prepared us for where we are today. Mm, and um, we've just been so blessed to learn and to be encouraged by the others that we've met along this journey. And I think of all the unique relationships and bonds that have been formed, and I just I just see God's hand at work in all of it. So I think the friends and relationships we've made along the way have really helped us cope and you know just get through the daily challenges that we're faced with. Yeah, I think that there's nothing in life that's better than having support and other mm-hmm. people around us that get it and even people that maybe don't fully get it but want to get it, you know, and they stand next to us. And I think just knowing um, that other people are, are in support. So what a great and wonderful blessing that you guys started your own um, Special Olympics. And I know I've seen lots of fun pictures and things um, throughout time just of, of following you guys on Facebook and and it always looks fun and exciting. Listeners, Amy has written for a ministries magazine, Your Best, and she's written about raising Peyton. I love reading Amy's Facebook posts, as I've been talking about, in her everyday life with Peyton. And as a little girl, she seems to have such a great insight, Amy, and a depth to her little soul when it comes to things of God. I know with my two nephews, um, Matt and Derek. Matt has Downs and Derek has cerebral palsy. I just know that their testimony for loving God is so huge and so impactful. And I see that in your sweet little daughter. Tell us about one of your favorite God sightings when it comes to life with Peyton. Sure. Um, Well, you're right. Peyton has this sweet spirit that people are drawn to. And it's hard to, I was trying to think of this, it's hard to think of just one example um, I think the thing that we've noticed has been, over the years, she seems to have almost this internal radar or an emo- emotional intelligence where she can spot someone 
with an injury or special needs or whatever it may be, like she can spot them a mile away. And while it used to be, you know, somewhat embarrassing and overwhelming when we'd be out in public, she'd just make a beeline for people. You know, I've I've really come to the realization that I just need to step back and let God work through Peyton. Um, watching her in action is pretty inspiring. And like I said, she isn't afraid to just walk up to someone who most people probably would avoid making eye contact with or would just walk by and she'll chat with them like they've known each other forever. And usually at the end, she'll invite them to her birthday party or to church or whatever it may be. Um, but I just, I really feel like she sees people how God sees them perfect in their, you know, in the, whatever condition they're in, even if their body or their mind isn't perfect in the eyes of the world, she sees them as perfect. Well, just and thinking. these people who just have. Yeah, they could use some extra love, and she's not afraid to give that. Just thinking about that is is just so rewarding because she's such a sweet little um, individual. And and friends, thinking about Peyton's love for God and others makes us happy. So here's a wonderful song that will encourage us about the way that God's created us called Creator King by Catherine Scott. Skies displayed your 
to know that comfort, that God knows exactly what He's doing when He creates each one of us. Amy, how do you think the world is doing relationally to children with special needs? You know, I think there's actually um, starting to be a shift in our culture that's slowly slowly taking place um, as people are starting to realize that individuals with disabilities are really no different than those without um, they have a lot of the same interests. They make great, loyal friends. Um, they often have just an amazing sense of humor. And they're incredibly reliable employees. They're just all around amazing people who deserve the same respect as anyone else. That is so true. And I think the neat thing about several of the people throughout the years in my life with special needs, they do have an incredible loyalty and friendship and a depth. And I think the thing that stands out the most to me is that they see things because they process things a little bit slower. They see them and they soak them in and they value them deeper, I believe, than other people do. Well, if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. And in the studio with me, I have Amy Libby, mother of the fabulous Peyton, who has special needs. Amy, what would you tell other parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, neighbors, or anybody that's in contact with special needs, um, children that have them, how would you encourage them today? Um, I would say for parents and caregivers, you know, try not to get stuck in the habit of just staying in at home because it's easier, even though it can be a lot of work to try and get out and give our kids, you know, different opportunities. It's so important, and it's always so worth it in the end. Um, And to family and friends, I would say don't be afraid to ask how things are going or if there's anything you can do to help or just make yourself available um, to um, friends or family who have kids with um, disabilities. And for those who may run into a family um, with a special needs child out in public, just give them a friendly smile. Show them some grace. I mean, you just never know what a small gesture like a smile can do for a parent or caregiver caregiver who's had a tough day or a tough week. Um, I know from experience that there is nothing that warms my heart as much as seeing people take the time to acknowledge Peyton and to interact with her and include her in things. And she just eats it up, and it's it's very evident to see that others are blessed by her as well, which is obviously encouraging to myself as a parent. Great words of encouragement and inspiration for us. Thanks so much, Amy, for being here and for investing in Peyton's life and helping her to put God first and encouraging others around her. Thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank you. Friends, as we continue this topic today about the challenges of raising children with special needs and even just children, period, we sometimes are not our best because of lack of sleep. 
Well, here's our staffer, Dr. Deb Peterson, answering this question from a listener on sleep. Here's the question, Dr. Deb, in order to function well and remain healthy, how much sleep do I really need? Here's Dr. Deb to answer. Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Deb Peterson for Best Life Ministries. I'm frequently asked by patients, how much sleep is enough sleep? This is a tough question to answer because we all vary a bit in our sleep needs. In general, most of us should be getting six to eight hours of quality sleep per night. We should wake up feeling rested and ready for the day that is in front of us. If we constantly ignore our sleep needs, we end up feeling chronically tired, are ineffective in our jobs, and can even become depressed. So what do we do to prevent these symptoms of sleep deficit? First, we can listen to our bodies. Even if it is only 9 p.m., if we are tired, it is okay to go to bed. Second, we can avoid pre-bedroom activities that might make it difficult to settle down for bed. For example, aerobic activities before bed can sometimes make sleep hard to come by. If you struggle with sleep issues, I would recommend you discuss this with your healthcare provider. There are solutions he or she can suggest that may help with getting to sleep at night. It is also important to make sure obstructive sleep apnea is not causing sleep difficulties. Your healthcare provider can help you sort this out. As always, yours in health and in him. This is Dr. Deb Peterson for Best Life Ministries. Thanks, Dr. Deb. I feel like taking a nap right about now. I think naps are very important, and I learned something a long time ago and was recently reminded of it while babysitting my granddaughter Cordelia. When she naps, I rest. Scripture says in Psalm 139, 13-16, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. Friends, I want to recommend a book to you that I found encouraging to me. I actually got it for my grandson Jonah after someone gave it to me during my difficult divorce. It seems kind of weird, doesn't it? It was a kid's book, but it really brought comfort to me. It's by Max Lucado, who's a pastor and an author. It's called You Are Special. Take some time to read it. It just makes you feel better about the fact that God has created you. He knows what he's doing, and he's made you unique. He's made me unique. Everybody has their own purpose, their own reason for being here, and God doesn't make mistakes. God had a plan when he created us. We live in a fallen world, and that means a world taken over by sin. Consequently, it means we have less than perfect lives with less than perfect people. Each one of us in God's economy is special needs, but God created each life and loves each person no matter their abilities or their inabilities. He loves us all, everyone. Recently in our news, there have been many people complaining against a specific group that want people to know that they matter. Well, the truth of it is we all matter. There's no exclusive group in God's eyes. In the Bible, Jeremiah tells us about the call on his life from God to become a prophet. He says in Jeremiah 1.5 that God says to him, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 
You see, although we don't understand why not everyone is whole and perfect in our opinion, God gets it, and His love is the same for all of us. He knew us while we were in our mother's womb. What great comfort. I often think about my two nephews, Matt and Derek. Matt has Downs, Derek has cerebral palsy. They're great brothers, two of the most loving people I know. One day, Derek told my daughter, his cousin, Janessa, you know what my dream is, Janessa? And she said, what, Derek? Thinking it was he wanted a new t-shirt or he wanted to go someplace to see a movie. He said, this is my dream, that when I get to heaven, I can dance with you. Wheelchair bound, but heaven minded. There is so much potential inside every one of us. It doesn't matter if we have special needs or disabilities, because each person matters. Each life is valuable. Is there a Bonnie in your life? A Peyton? A Matt? Or a Derek? How are you responding to them? Are you filled with love and laughter, treating them with the same love that God has for you? Are you encouraging their folks, praying for them, helping them in tangible ways? After all, they are as special to God as the rest of us are. I think about what Amy Libby said at the beginning of the show, that if you want a way to encourage people, that you're going to look, look around you when you're out, when you're shopping at Walmart and you see someone with a handicapped special needs person, you're looking right at them. You're not going to look away. You're going to say hello. You're going to encourage that mom because maybe she's dropped something or maybe she's lost. You're going to be help filled so that you'll give them hope and encouragement because sometimes days can be long and days can be hard. I know that because I'm good friends with Kathleen Soggy. She's been on our show many times, and that's what she does every day of her life as she works for a wonderful place in Litchfield, Minnesota, helping people with special needs. She tells me all the time they have so much insight, so much character, and so much love and concern for others. If we just value them, if we take time, we will be blessed when we bless others. Let me pray with you today. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for each and every life. Life is so valuable. In a throwaway world, God, in a world where everything focuses on how we look and what we do and what we're accomplishing, help us to turn that current around. Help us to invest in every single life. Help us to make sure that people know we love them no matter what they look like, what they do for a living, where they live, how much money they have, and what they can do for us. I pray today, God, that you would allow us to see with your eyes, to see with the eyes of Christ, to love with your heart, to love with that deep, deep love that loves compassionately without fault, without promise, just loves. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Listeners, if you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at kathyweckworth.com. And I just want to invite you, if you're in this listening area, to come and join us on Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for our Bible studies at the Church in the Grove right outside of Benson, Minnesota. And also, if you are looking for your very own Bible study, I've written to The Beatitudes and that's all about Matthew and Jesus's Beatitudes for us. It's a 10-week Bible study. And I've also written my latest one, which is called The Story of My Life. 
and it's the story of Joseph taken from Genesis. You can find both of those for $12.99 at kathyweckworth.com, and that's K-A-T-H-Y-W-E-C-K-W-E-R-T-H.com. Thanks so much for listening. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.